Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. A little news, a little information, about five, six minutes away. Some really good guests should be interesting. Kevin Interdonato and Frankie Edgar will join us uh, promoting Vertical Entertainment's crime thriller, The Bastard Sons. I said The Bastard Sons. You heard me. Yeah, you did. It's the name of their deal. That's all I'm saying. So I think we got, uh, we've made the, the earth a better place by having these upfront, very open conversations so far this morning. What do you think? Uh, I agree. Did we yeah. make the world a better place? Yeah. Sun's, the sun's starting to shine a little brighter outside of the studio today, so I think so. Well, I'm thinking that's exactly what I'm I'm right there with you. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Ah, that was wonderful. I love sitting down for an hour and just going after people. It's a wonderful thing, don't you think? It yeah. is delightful. Absolutely. No question. Anything new and wonderful going on in the world that I should know about, but I don't? new and wonderful i don't know about new, i don't know about new and wonderful but kind of on the trend we were talking about you know the epstein list and everything his the island i was talking with aj about yeah. this during break it's okay. getting turned into an, a resort like really somebody bought it for it was listed for 125 million they bought it for 60 million but they're turning mm. it into a 25 bedroom resort that can People can just go vacation with their family to, you know, pedophile island. I feel like putting a water slide on that island is a crime. Right. Like how you, yeah. you just got to burn everything down and now it's just vacant. Well, Spuzz Island, that'd be a good name. Oh, what? Thomas. No, it's S-P-U-D-S, Spuds, I said. Okay. Oh, like, yeah, potatoes. You turn it into a potato, potato farm. Exactly. Potato farm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, why would I want to go into a room when some where some guy had sex with a little girl? Yeah. Why would know. I? I'd never do that. It's actually terrible. And some because oh, it's some, you know, billionaire guy that bought it and is setting this all up. And he's like, oh, it's great because there's already a helipad and like the infrastructure. It's like, what, like, no, like you can't just. Why are you looking at the bright sides to your purchase of this <laughs> island? Like, <laughs> no. Yeah, there yeah. yeah, that's really nice. Uh, you know what I noticed about that whole thing? And, and run down the list of who we're talking about here. We're talking about Jeffrey Epstein. We're talking about Bill Clinton. We're talking about this whole thing about lording over a younger girl like that comes from the fact that these guys, all of them, are such candy asses in their real lives that, that they either inherited money or they cheated people out of money. Or These are guys who think, Oh, but I can look, look how powerful I am. I can get away with whatever I want to get away with. Mm -hmm. That whole thing, that whole island thing is based on a bunch of pussy ass men and pussy is short for pusillanimous. That's what it means. People always argue that that's where the word came from, you dumb bastards. Anyway, 
but it's guys who'd like to be tough guys or like to come off really strong, but he can't, they can't do it with full grown people. So they have to do it with children. So I watched one of the many shows around, uh, that was, uh, one of the victims helped make about Jeffrey Epstein Mm -hmm. and there's something to be said about how unwell he was. So his big, uh, like preference was he would, they would hire for uh, these young girls for massages. Right. Mm -hmm. And they would give him a full massage and then he would masturbate next to them or on them or near them. And that was his big thing. Like, he was, and he then he would pay them money, and they would leave, and then he would make sure him and that uh, other you know woman would talk about using these women to find other women. Or women is the wrong mm-hmm. word. Be using these girls to find other girls. So it's all very like you said. It's a there's the most mentally unwell. What it's like this. This is where you feel powerful. This is your. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is, Brittany. They, it makes them feel they're such candy asses. It makes them feel powerful. That's how bad these people are. It just, yeah. and it doesn't matter how much, how smart you are, how much money you got or, or whatever. Well, you said Kevin and Frankie are ready to go. Yeah. All set. Excellent. Kevin Interdonato and Frankie Edgar. How you doing today? Uh, guys. Good. How are you? How are you? Tom? Nice. My magnificent. Thanks for being on. Today's a great day for you guys to be on. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, just about 30 seconds if it's okay with Kevin and Frankie. But you guys have been in the business of paying attention to other men, how how some guys like to act tough. No, you guys are tough guys, wouldn't you say? I won't deny it. I won't deny it. And I will. You're talking to one of the toughest men in the world, man. So. Uh, I'll hold my own, but not not at that level. But see, now how do you guys like you, who really are tough guys, how do you look at men who do things that make them feel like they're big and powerful, that make them feel like a tough guy, when they know themselves they're not a tough guy? How do you guys deal with people? You, maybe you don't have to deal with them, but just observing their behavior, does that drive you nuts? Uh, you know, I don't pay too much attention to them. You know, uh, there's always the, the guys that are going to be barking, yeah, good. you know, in the gym, on social media. You kind of let, let, let them bark. Yeah, let them bark. I just tell them yep. I know. No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I feel differently about that. That's a good – I like that argument. Kevin Interdonato and Frankie Edgar, ladies and gentlemen, uh, promoting Vertical Entertainment's crime thriller, The Bastard Sons, in select theaters and on demand January 5th, which would be, of course, tomorrow, correct? It's the 4th today. Mm-hmm. Yep. I do believe uh, the film marks New Jersey-based actor Kevin Interdonato's The Sopranos, Showtime City on the Hill. And by the way, Kevin, way to take up the two best shows of all time, The Sopranos uh-huh. and City on a Hill. Phenomenal. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. I, I got news for you. My, my wife in real life is uh, Kathy Ryan on City on the Hill. Oh, my God. So your yeah. life is just Th- terrible. You really Th- suffered Th- a lot, huh? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the background. Hi. I like it. So I want to turn it over to you guys, Kevin and Frankie, and talk about what The Bastard Son is all about. Uh, the Bastard Sons, is a, it's a small story. Uh, it's, it's about uh, a group of essentially bastard brothers that grew up together in a crime family. And their father, who's the head of the family, was killed four weeks prior. The movie starts off that the son of the father, who's the character I play, comes back and meets up with his, his brothers and lets them know that he knows who, 
who killed their father and uh, devises a plan for them to get revenge and take over the family. See, you already got me. See, now I look, I got to make plans now for tomorrow because of what you just said. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I grew up in the inner city in North Minneapolis on on the north side. And uh, back in those days, the <clears throat> um, let's see how the our version of the Sopranos, that's the best way to put it, uh, was in my neighborhood. So I grew up never part of it, but I always watched the behavior, how they took care of things, how things were handled. This this movie's right in my wheelhouse. This, I'm going to love this movie. Oh, that's cool, man. And, you know, you might have a chance to catch it on the big screen. It's playing at the Imagine Rogers Theater uh, for a week. Is it real? So if you wanted to catch it on the big screen, you're all, you're all set, yeah. I really hope that we do keep the big screens. Look, I love streaming. There's no question about it. It's sitting at home and comfort and all the rest of it. But I'm I'm in that generation where taking a taking a woman out to a movie, you know, dinner and a movie was a very very big deal, and I don't want that to go away. So I'm really glad you mentioned that. Sure, sure. No question. How how did you guys get involved in all of this? In the first, I mean, you're you're ten years old, both of you, Kevin and Frankie. If you could answer it, you're ten years old. Did you know where you were headed later on in life? What age did you know this is what I want to do? Yeah, Frank. Uh, well, yeah, me, I know, I, at 10 years old, no, I didn't know what I wanted to do until I was probably 23, after college, uh, you know, okay. when I first walked into an MMA gym, that's kind of what I, I figured that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't even know it was reality until a couple years later, but yeah, probably 22, and then ended up in the movie, I, I kind of didn't know I got there until Kevin hit, hit me with this opportunity, so I'm kind of just going for a ride here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good way to put it, I like that. And me, uh, no, like, I had no idea. I had no clue. I can imagine, Frank, you had a you had a pretty competitive spirit in you at a young age, I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely had to compete. I knew I was competing something. So. Yeah. Did did either of you, did both of you know someday that this was gonna gonna happen? You're gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna promote my own movie, man. This is gonna be did you how long ago did you know this was gonna happen? Uh well what I what I didn't know was how much this poop this movie would would pop uh i was not anticipating it i was hoping it but you never you have no idea when you're making something how it's going to resonate and we got picked up by um one of the leading distributors in in hollywood vertical entertainment which was Mm -hmm. a massive surprise um and and to see what's been generated online so far the buzz about it all the articles and everything and uh i was just kind of blown away so i'm really excited I, i just i just hope people enjoy the film but I think they will, because you may have noticed, both Frankie and Kevin, you may have noticed that uh, there are some people that are very pissed off in the world right now. There's a lot of anger in particularly the United States. It's all around the world. But this is the kind of movie maybe they could sit and watch what real tough guys look like and just settle down with the anger, calm down, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. We did, you know, the show is, a the, the, the movie is, it's showing real people uh they're just they're just they're just criminals it doesn't mean that they're you know Mm -hmm. johnny badass or anything like that they're just in a crime family and uh, i just wanted to re you know relay that but with writing real men um i shied away from doing anything stereotypical character-ish uh i just got some really wonderful friends around me and actors that i've known for years and and then I met Frankie uh, um, a year prior to the podcast, uh, to, to, the, to the movie on his podcast with Roger Matthews, who's also in the movie. And um, mm-hmm. 
they, there's something about each individual that plays one of each in each individual bastard son. And uh, there's just a, a, a rooted reality. They're all, you know, they're all tough guys, man, but they don't need to act it. And that was what I needed to, to show people that just didn't need to, need to act, just kind of get into the, the situation and, and go for it. And that's, that's what they did. Did you guys find in your life? Cause I, like I said, I grew up in a pretty tough neighborhood. Um, I can tell a bad, a really true tough guy from from a distance because I grew up around them. I wasn't one of them, don't get me wrong, but I observed them. And by the way, I'm going to steal your phrase there. Whenever anybody says something I don't like, I'm going to go, "Who are you, Johnny Badass?" I'm going to steal that from you. Is that okay? <laughs> by all means, then. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think these kind of movies for 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 me, uh, I love this these kind of stories. It's there's got to be an element of people who don't have a whole hell of a lot of money in this movie, I would imagine. Correct. Correct. Yeah. See offering somebody. Yeah. Okay. You grew up in a tough neighborhood. You got, you know, maybe you got your ass handed to you once in a while, or maybe things went blah, blah, blah to watch it up on the big screen and know that other people go through tough things is a good thing for people. So I'm glad you're making movies like this. Seriously. It's, it's nice but let's say like a 13, 14, 15 year old kid out there, life's not been great. They see a movie like this and go, Hey, you know, I guess I'm not alone. I really like that. That's a nice way of putting it. Um, and I, ho- I also hope, uh, if, if we're talking about it, if it, I guess, supplies any type of, or supports any type of inspiration for anyone that, yes. uh, if any Joe Schmo like me could do it, they can do it too. You know, um, just really just a kid from Jersey. And, um, you know, it's it's funny. Frankie and I have similar upbringing. Frank's father was a plumber. My dad was a contractor. We both worked for our dads. And you're talking about tough guys. And I think mm-hmm. we grew up with the we grew up with the tough guys. You know, to me, a tough guy is the guy that's you know working with his hands. He he's got pain in his back and his shoulders and his legs by the time they're thirty, and and they just do what they got to do no matter what, and um, they do it for their family, and to do that day in and day out. To me, that that's a that's a tough guy. You know. Um, so that's the kind of people I think we, we both grew up with. Yeah. To show you the kind of age, I know you only got about one more minute then, which is too bad. Cause I'd like to talk to you for about another hour about all this stuff, but yeah. you got to do what you got to do. But uh, as an example, when I was, uh, I believe maybe 10 or 12 years old, this guy came along and inspired me for the rest of my life. That guy's name was Cassius Clay. He changed his uh-huh. name to Muhammad Ali. I thought Muhammad Ali was God. I will tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I, I have a feeling you're talking to uh, an individual on the phone here. It's not me that a lot of people look up to like up to like that as well. Frankie, Frankie, yeah. a legend, you know, and it's uh, his his career is inspiring and um, what he accomplished in the ring and the, you know, kind of a real life Rocky man. So, um, yep, I had the pleasure of meeting him on the podcast, and I, I had a feeling, just had a gut feeling that he hoped that he'd want to be in the movie and. Uh, Fortunately, he did. It was great. Well, we're going to get out yeah. there and we're going to see your movie, Kevin. Frankie, thank you so much uh, for your time this morning. The Bastard Sons in select theaters, as was pointed out. It is in theaters and on demand on January 5th. That is tomorrow. Kevin, Frankie, come to town. Come on in. Do the show. We'd love to meet you face to face. Thank you, brother. Yeah, thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Kevin Interdonato and Frankie Edgar, ladies and gentlemen, the Bastard Sons. And again, select theaters and on demand January 5th. God, I love guys like them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. terrific. 
I, 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 Frankie Edgar is like, I mean, that guy's a legend. So to be able yeah. to kind of see him now expand on his, you know, not just MMA background to see him dwell into like mm-hmm. the arts and like get on the big screen. Like I'm excited to see this movie. This guy kind of feels right up my alley. Me too. I agree with you completely. Okay. Well, I've told the story before Ralph and I don't use Ralph's last name. It's a great guy. Uh, Ralph was about 6'2", six, 6'3", six, when we were 16 years old. Very broad-shouldered, big, big, tough guy. And he's the guy we're walking down the hall one day, and he goes, Tommy, you're a really funny guy, but don't ever make fun of me. <laughs> Jack, you got it. And no problem. <laughs> no Wasn't planning on it. I was not. Uh, believe me, I was not planning on doing that to him or with him. No question. Now, I, see, I like these kind of movies. They're very inspiring. I, did you find the Rocky movies inspiring? You know, I know it was fantasy and all the rest of it, but it was still such a cool story about a poor kid in Philadelphia becoming the you know heavyweight champion of the world. And it, it was just a great story that, hey, I know you got nothing now. You're dirt poor now, but there is hope for you. I love those stories. Yeah. Yeah. With that kind of any, if you can keep working hard and, and the fact that he would use things around him as an environment, you know, running up those steps, things like yep, that. Yep, Absolutely. It felt yeah. like, uh, Oh, okay. Like I obviously can't achieve that, but like, maybe I, maybe I can run for free. I mean, that was why I got into running in my twenties is because I couldn't afford a gym membership and I just ran all the time. So sure. Sure, absolutely. Have you ever stood next to the statue in Philadelphia at the top of those stairs you're talking about? I've never been to Philadelphia. I love Philadelphia. A lot of people do not like Philadelphia. See, I love Philadelphia because it's right there, straightforward, in your face. Really? Uh, Beautiful day. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, shut it. Yeah, shut up. Shut up. It's I know. Ah, so far the sun's out, okay? No, I, I... Maybe I'm one of those weird guys, but I love big cities. Man, I, well, I love little towns, too. Don't get me wrong. But places like Philadelphia, oh, I'd never go to Philadelphia. It's too rough and tumble. I love cities like that. You yeah. know? And anywhere you go, you can find the rough and tumble part of town. Yeah. Like, you can go to yeah. Philadelphia without getting beat up and assaulted. Like, it's not that <laughs> It's not that West. <laughs> Unless you wear a Viking jersey to an Eagles game, There's then you're going to get your ass kicked. There's that. <laughs> I still can't believe they still beat people up in the stands. Oh, you believe that? It's and it's not even not even the stands. Like just walking into the stadium, right, like they're throwing right. batteries at people. It makes like, no sense to me. I guess. So with no. batteries at somebody is the most like. What are you rich? <laughs> insane thing. It's the opposite of having a private plane. Like. Whipping a battery at somebody, but it's also really like a wealthy move in the weird way that, like, out of all things, it's a pretty expensive thing to throw. Right, That's double true. double A batteries are not cheap. I say no. thank you when they throw it at me. Like yeah. that just you just save me a trip to Target. You save me about eighty bucks. Thank but you. But you know they're throwing the ones that they've used. They're used batteries. <laughs> do you guys, the three of you, do you have a movie that inspired you? Like I said, it wasn't necessarily a move, well, although. Uh, Muhammad Ali first, the first time I ever saw him was in the movie. Um, oh God, it's, it's a Jackie Gleason movie. What the hell was the name of it again? Can't remember. Jackie Gleason. It's, it's about boxing and Muhammad Ali as Cassius Clay is in the movie. Oh, dang. This is before he became the heavyweight champion of the world. So 
it's pretty pretty fascinating but i think maybe just does does some of it have to do with where you grew up and how you grew up and if you hung out at the gym or if you didn't hang out at yeah, the, i think so and are you talking about requiem for a heavyweight fighter requiem for a heavyweight yeah. that's exactly or what i'm talking about yeah um, very good call you ever seen that movie I have not. No, no. Watch it. It is phenomenal. That movie's about what sixty years old, something like that. Oh uh, yeah, it came out in sixty-two. There you it know, is. So it's sixty-two years old. You know, it's it's these movies when they're done well and the message is about hope or about uh, yep. you know watching somebody. It doesn't even matter, like mm-hmm. because you show me an ESPN docu series. And all of a sudden, I don't even care about the sport. I'm like crying. I believe <laughs> yeah. we do it, whatever the yep. thing is. You know, like it. It's about the story, and I think that it, when it's done well, like I've never been in a situation where I'm like boxing in a gym with a bunch of roughnecks. But like, you can relate to the story. You can, you can yeah, apply you, that message to your life. Yeah, you can take that underdog kind of story. Nobody thought I was going to make it, and kind of equate that to your life. Right. Like, we are Marshall. I remember when that movie came out. That oh, was yeah. one that yep. was like a very impactful movie. But even like Drumline with Nick Cannon. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah. Yes. I I remember I was in like fourth grade. That movie came out, and we're all signing up for band. And I was like, ah, I'll play the trumpet. I watched Drumline over the summer. I came back to school with drumsticks in my hand, and I was like, I'm a drummer now. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> like, like, this this is, is my identity now. This is what we're doing. So, yeah, there's right. definitely movies like that that uh, that inspire you. I think that's so terrific. Muhammad Ali won the gold medal in the Olympics. I believe it was 1960. I think that's when it was. I'm not sure, but I think it was the 1960 Olympics. What did he do with his gold medal that he won in the Olympics? Didn't he, like, give it away, throw it away? Because he was in the whole, I'm not going to war for the country because he was very Mm -hmm. rebellious and stuff. So I believe he, like, donated it, gave it away, or probably threw it in the trash. He walked onto a bridge in Louisville, Kentucky, and threw it in the river. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. This is the gold medal, the champion of the globe. And you went, well, unless things get better, this doesn't mean anything. Did anyone That's... find it? Yeah, we should swim to the bottom of the river. <laughs> I was going to say, what they bridge was this? I watch <laughs> videos of people with metal detectors yeah. in very mundane places. Yeah. And I literally will watch these five-minute videos being like, oh, all right, I'm in. Um, so I would wa- if there's a specific spot. No, I... there, there's a picture of that. He's not there at the time. They took the picture after he had done it. But there is a picture of where he was standing when he threw it in the river. So I wonder, I wonder if anybody ever did find it. Maybe somebody did find it. We just don't know about it. Yeah, hell yeah. It's a possibility. I mean, that I got to believe that would kick out a pretty good signal for a medal detector, wouldn't it? Have I think. You guys, have you guys seen a gold medal, like an yes. Olympic gold medal? Oh, don't start bragging uh, about your my cousin's yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. for the record, I have gold medals in your life. No, I've seen. <laughs> uh, no, but I have held a Super Bowl trophy. That's, That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. And I've used gold metal flour to make a cake. That's that like, ooh. I don't even ooh. believe you. Because uh, it never happened. Right. That's why Catherine had the gold medal. <laughs> yeah, Catherine won the gold medal. That's exactly right. But, well, if, Brittany, since you brought up your cousin, yeah. uh, like scrolling through Instagram the other day, and there happened to be just random Katie Ledecky fact that popped up. And it was yeah. a list of all of these like Olympic records for swimming. And it was, it was the, the top 1500. Yeah. And it was like the top 10 times ever. And the list yeah. was 10 names. 
Katie Ledecky, Katie Ledecky, Katie Ledecky, Katie Ledecky, Katie Ledecky, ten times she was listed. I was like, well, maybe she should leave some for the rest of us. Can I know? Can Brittany get in on these record-breaking habits? Wait a minute. I saw a picture of that list you're talking about, and like the second one down's crossed out, and it says Brittany Arneson. That's. I've actually been going into Katie's uh, Wikipedia page and changing yes. it to Brittany Arneson. Yeah. Brittany Arneson cousin, in parentheses, after her name and birthday. Yep. Brittany Arneson's cousin. Katie you know, I have a question for you, Brittany. How old were you when you realized that your cousin had that much ability? It was wild because even growing up, okay, so she was, her and her brother were probably some of my favorite, like, little cousins because she's younger than me. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. right. Because they grew up with parents that, talk to them like kind of adults like really they were really fun and they knew a lot like the uh michael her older brother who um he he just retained animal facts and she was they both were so smart and interesting so they were probably even at a young age i was like okay these kids are interesting and i remember early on with the swimming she swam a lot with her older brother and like that was like a fact like katie was a great swimmer so i would say at a young age it was like more updates than usual from mm. the cousins, you know? Okay, um, yeah. Yep. And, you know, we didn't grow up near each other. I almost, I saw them maybe once every like two or three years. I got to see them at, you know, grandma's house or whatever. So by no means are we close. She, um, she, uh, I would, oh God, I want to say it was like elementary school when she was when the records kind of started coming in where we're like that's crazy so it was she was pretty young and then she got her first gold medal i think she was 15 so all of that happened when she was quite young see that will just show you though how fair the world is right there because everybody's got stories like that you have a story about your uh, someone in your family uh that how many gold medals has she won oh god it gets confusing because (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they count the world's medals. There's another mm-hmm. uh, competition nobody cares about in the U.S., but there's world swimmers swimming as well. So it's a lot uh, if when you count those uh, medals as well. Yeah, because I was just sitting here thinking. I mean, you got a cousin, a relative who won gold medals in the Olympics, and I had three uh, family members that were murdered. So, you know, when you look at it, it's about the same thing, isn't it? It is. You know what? There is something to say about (laughs) the evenness of the world because uh, she's been really trying to take on my grandma's uh, sugar cookie recipe that we call Deedles. She can't do it. She's burnt every batch. See, I knew it. I know that makes you smile just a little (laughs) bit. Brittany comes out on top. I can't make it either. I've never even tried. They're these very thin cookies. So we just had like a Zoom party where we did gingerbread contests and she was trying to make them. And it was so funny because you could tell it's just something she wants to they, conquer. They come out a that. little overcooked and Brittany's like, oh, it looks like more of a bronze-ish medal than <laughs> <laughs> Not a gold medal. Unlike mine medal. that are golden yeah. brown. It's so Sweet. funny. And then she's probably just rocking her gold medals while she's wearing them. Can't right. even like lift up her yeah. head. Yeah. Somebody's sneaking up behind you, by the way. Me? Oh, your, your door is swinging back and forth. Oh, I hit it. My cat is really needy today. Oh, you could, I knew there was somebody or something he's, in there. He's sleeping. I was worried that you could hear him purring. I had to move my mic to the other side. Is that a baby. blanket? Oh, there he I see the kitty. Yep, there's a kitty looking at you like, I'm coming for you. Yeah. That's the look. What's the name of the kitty? Kevin. 
Kevin. Kevin the yeah. kitty. Terrible. Kevin what, the what? kitty. Yeah. It's, it's a, like Kevin the tiger. He was my foster cat. He's got a little uh, cut on his ears because they grab, they do uh, catch and release for neutering feral cats and they mark them. Mm -hmm. He's got this cut on his ear for that. And I guess he was too social to be put back uh, outside. And he was living at the rescue for about two months. And every time I'd go in there, he would reach for me through the bar. Oh, see, Aww. that's very sweet. And his name was Toby. But he's not a Toby. He's definitely a Kevin. And every time I say his name, he opens his eyes a little. So. And by the way, typical Britney story. She doesn't mention the fact that she was holding up a sardine. Right. Yeah. The cat literally reached. The cat literally reached for everybody because it wanted to go home. <laughs> exactly. like, oh no, for sure. Everyone talked about this cat, and and that's why he's like, "All right, I'll foster him." And I told Justin, "We're just fostering him." And then it was like. I think we had him for uh -oh. like two months and we got an application and I just panicked. I was like, I yep. literally made them lie about his age. I said he was two and he was actually probably less than one. I like said all these, like, I didn't even write his profile was like, he's all right, I guess, if you want a dirty cat. Oh, yeah. But you know what? We've had cats. We've had dogs. We've had horses, all that stuff. It's, we are an animal family. There's no doubt about that. But most, a lot of people are now, aren't they? Have a cat or a dog. I, I don't think. know what it, yeah. it's the best thing in the world. Like, yeah, when, it is. When Justin leaves the house, usually Murphy will come up in the closet too. Wait a minute. Let me repeat that line to you. It's the best thing in the world when he leaves the house. That's <laughs> no, what I you just that. said. That no, is... I was finishing my thought. I'm going to clip no, that. No, You're no, clipping that. I'm Send calling. it to Justin. I don't like to be, <laughs> I don't think anyone's shocked to learn this, but I don't like to be alone. And so I love that. Two of my three animals will come up here as soon as Justin leaves the house. Yeah. Like, we oh, got yeah. you, Mom. Yep. And then robots, like, you're on your own, bitch. AJ, would you send me that so I could play it several times on the family podcast today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, Thank I'll, you. I'll Thank make you. that point. <laughs> it's a great plan. Oh, God, we got to take a break here. We'll be right back with this bullshit coming up. More of it coming at you right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Listen live at TomBernardShow.com or on the Tom Bernard Show app. Tom here, and I want to discuss a partnership that has been wonderful in my life, Zero Res Carpet Care. Very good friends of mine. Nothing is better to someone with a family than having a completely clean home. Your carpet is the biggest filter in your house. If you want to talk about pet dander or foot traffic, dirt from the outside, they all eventually reside in your carpet. So, Zero Res Carpet Care. Listen, around the holidays, you need to contact ZeroResMinnesota.com or call 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z. -E -E That's 952-Zero-Res. They clean your home with their electrolyzed pH-elevated water that doesn't use chemicals or soaps that smell like a janitor's closet like other cleaning services. How about a Tom Bernard deal? Well, here it is. Get three rooms, zero resified, starting at $129, and don't forget your air ducts. Mention me, and they'll discount your air vents by $75, bucks too. This is for the entire month, so call them right now, 952-ZERO-RES, backward or forward, it spells the same, or book online, ZeroResMinnesota.com. If it's available, ask for them to come to your place in the Tom Bernard named service truck. What an honor that was, by the way. Just mention me by name and get the special deal to get your home clean and your heart happy. Zero Res Carpet Care. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Michael Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with many multi-generational businesses. Take personal care dentistry of Roseville, for example. 
Dr. Walter Hunt, also known as Painless to me, has been a longtime customer of the bank since we opened the bank in 1998. When his son Kyle was ready to join the practice, they wanted to expand quickly. With their additional space and equipment, they now are able to see more patients each day while providing the same level of care and service. Okay, guys, I'll take it from here. If you run a family business or any kind of business for that matter, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. So why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is Bob Sansevier, and I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife, Mary, when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work-related injury and have Dave represent you, I'm betting you'll be happy too. Dave is a down-to-earth guy. He grew up in northern Minnesota, rides a Harley, and worked various jobs doing concrete, electrical, plumbing, roofing, and carpentry work. Dave works for people with work-related injuries. If you work construction, or anywhere for that matter, and you're hurt or even just hurting, you should talk to Dave. Let's face it, our bodies wear out. If your body is worn out from work, if your knees or back or shoulders hurt from things you do at work, do what Mary did. Call Dave and talk to him about it at Bialki Law to set up a free initial conversation consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit BialkiLaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E Law.com. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are, ooh, there was a double pump on that. Did you hear that? That sound effect went, wow. Very high tech, very big Mm -hmm. deal. Uh, I just spotted a headline. I haven't read the story um, in the Wall Street Journal this morning. I, I tend to like the Wall Street Journal. It seemed to be pretty me to be pretty even keel. It doesn't lean too far right or left, I don't think. You guys have that. You guys ever read the Wall Street Journal? Yeah, I grab articles from there here and there. Yeah, time I mean, to time. You find it pretty middling, don't you? I do. Mm-hmm. Because there's, an, there's a story in there this morning. And I'm asking you this because you, the three of you are within, what, five, six, seven years of each other in age? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brittany and I are yeah. both like 26 and Tevin's like, what, 32? Yes. Yeah, like something like gross, like 32. Gross. <laughs> Imagine being 30. Wait a minute. You and Brittany are how old? I, you we're, heard him. We're both 26, right? 26. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't say IQ. I said age. Like We can <laughs> both finally rent a car this year and we're both yeah. really excited about <laughs> exactly. it. No, actually, how aren't you guys all in your like mid to late thirties? I'm in. I'm thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. I am, am twenty-six. So twenty-seven. So good. That is a good. I like that because we have a, an eleven-year span there and all the rest of it. I'm I'm looking at more and more stories now um, because I'm a little bit older than you guys, but I look at all these different publications and I try to find some that are middling and some that are left and some that are right. So I get all the opinions. It doesn't seem to me like as far as the reporting is concerned that anybody running for president now is worth a damn 
I'm running across more and more of that. Like they're, they're talking a lot about Donald Trump and, and uh, Joe Biden's age. They talk a lot about that because they're both, they're both, are they both in their eighties now? Right. I think. Crazy. That sounds Start a job right. yeah. in your eighties. Well, no, they both had it for one shot already, but yeah. uh, um, so what do you guys think about that? I mean, literally it looks to me, and again, I don't really have any candidate yet because it's still what ten months off, something like that. Or yeah, nine we got some off. time. To... We got some time, but I mean, it, who? Uh, when you look at these things, they talk about about these guys are eighty two, eighty one. Isn't isn't Biden? Biden is... a He's eighty-one. Trump is seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. There you go. Okay. So you can't really put, I guess, Trump in that in that category yet. That that eighties thing is what apparently scares a lot of people. Once you passed up that eighty mark and all the rest of it, mm-hmm. how do you guys in in your age bracket? There's a, a nice eleven or excuse me nine year spread there. How do you guys look at these stories? Because they're every day about who who to vote for for president and all the rest of it. How can you make a decision? Because it seems to me if they are that much older than you, that's quite a separation. How do you deal with that? Yeah, I think it's quite a separation. And I think once you get to where you're, you know, 70, 80 years old, it's probably not the healthiest thing for you to have such a stressful job. Um, You're also trying to lead a lot of people that are much, much younger than you. So I'm not saying we need a 25-year-old president, but I think somebody in their, you know, 50s, 60s would be, I think, kind of the mm-hmm. natural cutoff because you're still, I feel like, young enough to be more aware of what's going on um, in the world. and But you're still old enough where you've seen enough where this isn't your first, you know, rodeo and time around the block. But for the most part, it's more so just are you a good person and qualified to do it? And if you're right. constantly forgetting things and – misspeaking and we're more worried about you know your early onset dementia then uh probably shouldn't be president you know i think it's a good point because you do have a minimum age to be president i think Mm -hmm. you have to be what 36 to run for president 35 yeah 35 you have to be 35 to run for president so why is it not true then that you have to be under 70 to run for president Right. Yeah. I, I always thought like if the retirement age is 65, you could put it at 65, 65. Yeah. Do something like that. And then for the, because obviously you can still work if you're over 65 or 70 or, you know, in this case, 80 yeah, years sure. old, you have a, if you want to be in politics, create some sort of, you know, special advisory yeah. type role or where, you know, you can still have some sort of impact in the po- politics world yeah the way that i have always kind of framed it in my mind is like i love my grandparents but Mm -hmm. i don't know if i'd want them at like their age to run the country you know Mm -hmm. yeah so is 70 75 like i think for both of these guys 81 is simply too old 77 in my mind is also simply too old i could see the argument Mm -hmm. at like 75 would be like the very latest you know mm. you, give, you give it 40 years that's your window to be president if you really want to yeah that's a but, good point yeah, you know that's a good 70 point. 75 there's just a certain point you have to be able to relate to most americans and not just a later generation mm. you know that that's just my opinion on it 
Yeah. But I think that's a good, uh, that's a good take on it. 35 to 75. If you're not between 35 and 75, you cannot run for president. Yeah. Or if you are going to run for president and you're 80 years old, your vice president has to be like under 50. The average age has to be. So you can be 85, but you got to run with a 12 year old. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you guys, the three of age bracket, uh, like I said, we got, well, let's just say it's a 10 year swing uh, in there. Do you, I mean, you guys are wise enough when you watch the news at night that, you know, this, like the Claudine Gay thing has become this horrible deal and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. uh, also, I mean, everybody's talking about the, and it's not immigration. These are illegal immigrants that are coming into this country. They can say, oh, look, I got nothing against the people themselves. They're trying to live a better life. I understand that. But they also need to understand they're being used to try to win every election from here on out. I mean, People your age do realize what they're doing here. They're trying to fix the election, right? And are you saying because they're letting them vote? Yes. Oh, okay. why do they get to vote? I, don't I didn't understand. even know they got. To, I didn't yeah. know. Well, they don't yet. They don't yet, but that's what they're headed toward. Okay, because I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't think they could vote um, legally. I, yeah, well, because I think in there are some states where they're trying to make it so if you get into the country illegally they're trying to make it a little bit easier for you to get you know like an id or you know some sort mm -hmm. of documentation to kind of whatever kind of erase the illegal part of it um so now i guess in a way that can then lead to then if it's easier for you to get in illegally and get an id then now it's easier for you to vote as well um but yeah i wasn't aware that you were able to vote if you didn't have the proper identification Oh, no, I think you do have to have the proper identification, but why should we allow millions of people who shouldn't even be in the country? It's They're not here legally. Why do they get to vote? I don't understand that. Right? Yeah, I'm not trying to ruin yeah. anyone's life. They're looking for a better life. That's not what I'm mm -hmm. saying at all. Yeah. I'd like to see everybody have a much better life than, than a lot of people do. But it's just these filthy politics. Politicians to me are so filthy now. It's on everything they talk about is just garbage. Uh, do you see it that way? Because when I was your age, there were some pretty decent people that would run, you know, no, not many of them worked out to be that great of people. Yeah. <laughs> like that, but. And, it's, and it's, you know, now is the age of information right? Like we know mm -hmm. more about people than we've ever maybe wanted to, or just in general do. And so, I mean, we talk about this all the time. There's a lot of celebrities. We wonder if they would have been celebrities had we had as much available information about what they were doing. And so, right. yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Tom, there's just a lot like it's easy to check out because of all these intricacies that make it feel like we're just not going to know what people's motives are. We mm -hmm. don't know. I don't know if, uh, I mean, uh, there's probably 80 year olds who are way more uh, capable than I've been in my height of my cognitive abilities. Or eight year olds. Throw that in there. Thank you. I need to <laughs> So it's like, it's interesting. It's like, there's so many things that go into play, but I do feel like it is, it's an uphill battle to even figure out where people stand on things now or what they're going to do. And the funny thing is about our system is you can promise left and right. You can promise, Hey, when I get in uh, to office, my first thing is I am going to make sure we have a day where you wear pink on Wednesdays, pink on Wednesdays. Right, I promise you right. pink on Wednesdays. Once you get in there, 
you can go ahead and never accomplish pink on mm-hmm. Wednesday. And the fact that I voted for you because I love the idea of us all wearing pink on Wednesday. And it there's just so many weird things that can happen in office. I mean, Trump told everybody, we're going to build a wall. We're going to build a wall. And like, mm-hmm. I never have it. Biden, I'm sure, said many things if mm-hmm. I ever listened to anything anybody says. But like, I it's thought I was a... getting some student loan stuff canceled. Oh, yeah. God, AJ's still waiting on that. Yeah. TikTok, <laughs> buddy. TikTok. So, and why should we pay for your education? No, no, no. And I'm not, that's no, no, why no, I didn't want to even pick an actual thing. That's why I no, said but, pink on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, is that like our whole system is so disillusioned and what it's, it's hard. I think in your 20s, you think you can do something. And, and then in your 30s, you kind of realize mm-hmm. that like it's really easy to just check out. Well, yeah, it's easy to check out because most of these people are dirtbags. I'm sorry. I've known a lot of politicians in my life. Whenever they need something, they're your best friend. Oh, I bet. But if they don't need anything, you never hear from them again. And I'm talking about 99% of them, Democrats, Republicans, whomever. These people are money-grubbing pigs. They're in it to make money. They couldn't give a rat's ass about any of the rest of it. I mean, I, it, it's disgusting, these people. Yeah. It really is. It really is. And they will do things that, to make more money and more money and more money. I mean, it's pretty amazing when you, you have a guy that was president for eight years and now he's a billionaire. Yeah. Like, it's, how did that happen? I've had this job for almost a year and I, I'm, you know, I barely hit a million. I know. And... I tried to get rid of you. I think it was February 24th. I think so. <laughs> and then... March 24th. Every month we have an anniversary. Every month. trying to fire me. Um, It's just wild, too. Like, it still blows my mind. Like, if if I got this job and I said, okay, I am, my job is to every, you know, at nine o'clock, I'm going to give the traffic. I promise you at nine o'clock, I'm going to give the traffic. And you guys are like, perfect. We need somebody to give the traffic. And then immediately I'm like, I can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that so happens. Many, mm-hmm. But there's so many that promises happens. people make while yep. running and then never yep. do. And I go, in no other scenario could you do that in a job. Like, Exactly. I mean, that's 100% true. There's no question about that. We have got to do something about the anger, the extreme sides of both. What the hell did you just do to your picture? Oh, shit. Come you got on, some long Devin. hair there. That's some cute long hair you Devin. had there, Devin. Look at that. Oh, how sweet. Damn it. I didn't think it was going to go that. up like that. Oh. I tried to. This, I'm sorry. Oh, That's my a gosh. cute look. I knew you were going to do that. He asked for a picture of my setup, and I was like, okay. I was, I'm trying to get it to make it look like I was in Brittany's closet, and it did. Oh, my God, Devin. What are you doing here? My husband's at home. Okay, I'm sorry. But in any case, all I was saying was that we have to do something about the anger uh, on the far left and the far right. These people are far too angry about everything. They harm other people. And as I mentioned before, you go after Dick or Jane, you're going to harm their children. Do you really want to do that is harm children because you don't agree with them politically? And that's one of the most arrogant, selfish piles of bullshit I've ever heard in my entire life. And that stuff's got to stop. An example of that is, did you see that? Oh, my God, it was scared. I was watching TV and it scared the piss out of me. I don't know where it was, but there was a, an older female judge that found this young guy guilty. Did you see when oh, he ran yeah. up? Yes. And he, yeah. Like flying soup, like <laughs> over the thing and tackled her. Vikings need to sign that guy. Yeah. I was like, can you play safety? Oh, you've seen it too, AJ? Yeah. 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 It's like, holy. Look. 
How did we get to a point where someone thinks they can do something like that? Think yeah. about that. And also, like, I think there's a de-evolving situation with humans' brains. Because yes. let's say, best case scenario, you get one good punch on her. There are literal people that are des designed to, like, take you down when you jump in that mm -hmm. area. Right. So they could have killed her. Yeah. Like, I mean, so that your anger has prevented you from any sort of consequences at all. I mean, to, that's amazing. That's actually amazing that but, your brain can cut out any sort of consequence at all in your life. To, where did they to find hurt. out about that? They watch television news and people on the news are saying, because of your this or that, or bop, 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 you deserve to be treated better than you are. I'm sure that young man thought that he's, he was being treated very poorly because of his skin color. I almost guarantee it because that's what they teach now. Look, the guy's a criminal and obviously was nuts for jumping because now he's going to be in prison even longer for doing what he did. Yeah, whatever yeah. his sentence was, it definitely went up. It, <laughs> I couldn't believe I thought, you know, because they were chirping about this on the news this morning and I'm watching the news and I thought, what could be so bad that they're, oh, wait a minute. They're right. It's, he literally was Superman. He's like, da, 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 jumped right over that whole entire. It was not even a desk. It's like a huge judge stand or what? What do you call yeah, that? Like, and which is normal. Like it's elevated. Like it's not Absolutely. a small. It's not like oh, sitting yeah. at a no, table. He had to get some height. The yeah, athleticism sure. required. Like, Absolutely. wow. And then all, but like you're saying, Brittany, like for you to be in that moment, which probably, you know, one of the worst days of his yeah. life to find out he's going to jail for however long, but right. then to all of a sudden go, well, now I need to go attack this person who is just doing her job. She's she, doing her yeah. job. Like she yeah. has nothing to do with other than, you know, looking at it objectively and saying, yeah, this is your sentence. Like going now I'm going to attack her and like, what is your end game going to be? And yeah, the, the world has just gotten so crazy that it's unbelievable like we all need to step back kind of strip it down and tom are you yep. saying like we you know who you want yep. to vote for and things like that just agree that hey we're all in this together and now let's try to move forward like there's people have just lost their minds collectively they have there's no question aj is there any way we could run that just that 10 15 seconds of video and put it on the podcast not not on Streamyard as of right now they're they're i know they're working on ways to like implement yeah. video right. i can only do pictures as of right now unfortunately pictures but no video yeah yeah i'll see if i can uh i'll pull like the audio of us talking about this and then see if i can find the video online and download it and throw it on social media yeah because like a lot of people obviously download most people some people listen to the stream but uh, or watch the stream but most people wait till later in the day to to watch mm -hmm. the show or listen to the show or whatever but yeah that'd be nice if we could do something because what we're talking about here wasn't some guy that went around the desk he went over the top of the desk in flight yeah and hit her like she, he was tackling a running back he looked like in football when the uh running backs used to be on like the one yard line and they dive over the pile and then a defender yeah. would yep. dive over the pile to stop him that's what it looked like Yep. And I thank God I, she didn't get hurt. Did she? I didn't, I haven't heard anymore because I saw it this morning and then I had to get to work, but I don't know. I, I don't watched think so. It. Yeah. I watched it and I can't remember the follow-up. I'll see if I can find the follow-up. It didn't, it wasn't like he, cause he kind of like tackled her. So I'm sure she probably got bumps and bruises here and there, but I mean the uh, 
people like the officers in the room kind of pulled him off right. right away. So it wasn't like he's just started beating on the, the woman at all, at least from what I saw. What's amazing watching that video is, and then we can move on, is she gets this look on her face and you really don't know what, why she's so, she has this look of horror on her face. And then you realize there's this gigantic man that's about seven feet in the air coming at her. Yeah, it's it, unbelievable. Judge Halfis, 62, was injured and her condition was being monitored, the court spokeswoman oh. said. A court martial was also injured and taken to the hospital where he's believed to be in stable condition. It sounds like it's some bumps minor, and bruises, yeah. but it doesn't sound well, like. And the look on her face was like, at first was confusion. Yeah. Like, what does this it guy was. think he's about to do? And then, like, I'm sure as he starts to take flight, she's like, oh my gosh, like, this is okay. actually happening. When you watch the video. It is funny. To, okay, this is bad because I know it's not funny. Oh, that's real nice. It's funny that a woman got injured. Real nice, Brittany. But I'll say this was really funny. It's almost cartoonesque because he flails his arms and legs up. Like if you're yeah. lunging for somebody, like that is not the most efficient way to be like, <laughs> and like yeah. all four of your limbs starfish, and then he like gets her. <laughs> like so she. She's in the hospital now, or she went to the hospital and is, was released. It said that the court, uh, one of the guys uh, there, was was brought to the hospital as well. But the mm-hmm. uh, two victims were taken to the University Medical Center with injuries that were not life threatening, and the suspect oh, is in custody. So, I just, I look, I understand that you're a little upset that you got to go to the Who's Cow for a while, but do you think it's really a good idea to attack a judge on camera? Right, uh, I can't. I can't even imagine like if a listener hated me so much to like attack me like what a world that'd be terrifying well, you know you got lucky because i ward them off no uh, yeah, you, were, you were like, he, you were like he might have told them where you were to start with but he did then <laughs> yeah, right. defend you oh oh keep in mind tevin oh i didn't even talk about this yesterday we were talking about tom saying come to the station i'm here he wasn't always there, especially at during those threats. I would be working the overnights, and I'd be like, don't come here, please. Why was it running overnight? I always did the overnight. No, but why was my audio running overnight? No, I'm saying when you would be on social media uh, arguing with people saying, come to the station. I'm here, it was in know. the morning, I meant, when I was there. I know, but that wasn't always implied with these yeah. hotheads. It was very <laughs> clear. Or... Well, even if you're like, even if you sent it in the morning, now if, you know, deranged guy that wants to come beat you up is, you know, seven beers deep at night. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'll go to the studio now. Must be, it must be the station. Tom was always a lightning rod because I knew that as long as Tom was there, if there was an irate person, I know they're not coming after the traffic. Oh, they're coming bitch. after me every time. Like, they're not coming after the, you know, the 20 year old going, what they're, you know, so I would say lightning rod for sure. It's kind of like, you don't have to run faster than the bear. You just have to run faster than the slowest yeah. person. And well, Tom oh, was that's nice. Well, also I'm like- just saying you, because you were more, way more controversial than I've ever been, or like way more, let's do this game on. I was always like, I know they'll go after him. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that Brittany didn't get more hate mail because didn't you admit to making up like traffic reports? So if I got stuck in traffic, I'm just driving to the studio and I'm taking it out on Brittany. Really nice. You know how many people wrote me about how they also lie at their job when I admitted that I sometimes make up traffic? I didn't make it up. I want to make it clear. Mm -hmm. There were just hot spots that if my computer wasn't loading, I knew 
that there was going to be something there. And I'd always triple check and I was always right. So it's not a matter of lying. It was more like I predicted what was happening. Oh, aren't you clairvoyant? Dude, I used to lie at my retail job all the time. You did? Oh, yeah. Like, hey, uh, can you go and look in the back for this? Sure. And I walked two feet behind a corner and then, I, you know, I'd like take a breath and I'm like, because I know we don't have it. I'm not going to go yeah. look for looking's sake. Okay, yeah, say, sorry, we don't have it. Oh, can we order that in? No, nope, sorry, out of stock. Uh, Bauer, they're out of stock with that stick right now. Sorry, it was a hockey store, to clarify. And I was like, you know, I just, I don't have the login. It's late. We close in five minutes. I'm not going to call up my boss who's at home right now, probably eating soup for dinner to, like, get the login. Like, it, you should have came in earlier. What a stiff you are. I was going to say, Tom's not going to order the 80 percenter. I'm also, I'll also admit, Working in the service industry, you ask me, hey, are these, is the chicken that you guys are serving, is it cage-free? Yes, it is. No, I did not go check. (laughs) Did I personally put this chicken in a cage ever? No. So in my view. No, we keep it in the fridge in the back. No no cages. (laughs) Whatever. I'm answering whatever is going to make you happy. As long as it's not a dietary, you're going to die. That shows why the world's coming apart at the seams, because all three of you admit to be horrible liars. Real nice. I'm not going to go ask the chef if... Why not? Because it doesn't matter the grade. Like you, nobody's. I'm yes. not going to order the favor. I'm, I'm taking it off your conscience. Yeah. Like I'm going to say all the things that make you want to eat this more. Yep. You're welcome. You can, uh, Brittany, you never worked at 917 North Lilac Drive, did you? No, no. You were never in that building Mm-mm. because that was a building that was interesting because it was right on high. Well, the building's still there. Is yeah. it, it was a Christian station for a while. Is that still there? Yeah, I believe so. I used to live right over there and yeah, run yeah. by it all the time. But I do remember because we parked in the back lot and you'd walk out. It was, the building was a dump and you kind of just, uh, you know, walked out the back door to the parking lot to go to your car and all the rest of it. And one time, God, I don't remember. It had to be, I don't know how many years ago. I walk out the back door and all of a sudden I hear this click. I look over and a guy's pointing a gun at my head. Oh, oh, hell no. And again, you're in a back parking lot where no one else can see you. This was before they had cameras on the parking lot and all that stuff. That's terrifying. I will never forget that. I still to this day cannot remember why he was so pissed off at me. He put a gun to my head. But I just, I, I literally, luckily... It had happened to me before, so I didn't get all that shook up about it. I mean, it was scary, but I kept my calm, and it maybe kept him from shooting me. I don't know, because he did want to shoot me. <gasps> Tom, that's terrifying. Eh, you know, it's terrifying working with Gelfand. That's yeah. what's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I had I had my moments at the uh, at the old station, but uh, nine seventeen. Yeah, yeah, but you know, the one I remember the most is. When um, it was like my my like I think it was my first day there, uh, more or less full time, and I look out the window from the studio, and there's a couple of guys uh, in the in the you know living in one of those rental duplexes behind us. Yep, absolutely. Got, these guys are holding up a big sign that says "Fire Stretch." Fire stretch. Yeah, it was like the I've been there for like twenty minutes at the time. <laughs> well, but I'm the one that took all the calls and said, "Get rid of the Jew." I, yeah, I well, can't tell they, you how many people called and said that. Oh, and I, I'm not making that up, by the way. Well, well they, yeah, no, I mean, the, well, the, it was the head of the Anti Defamation League who called me and said, "Get off the show." <laughs> so it was my own people saying it. It was my own people. 
Uh, let's speak about your people for one second. Mm. Is this whole anti-Jew thing calming down a bit? What the hell? What was that, Mike? It's it's always been there. It always will be there. Yeah, I suppose. And you but know, at Harvard, Jesus, did, that had to shock you that that happened at Harvard. Well, I mean, I know that there's a certain anywhere you go, there's a certain subsect of people. I mean, oh, probably sure. a lot fewer at Harvard than there would be, you know, if, like if you went into, let's say, the Waffle House in Orlando. But still, that's a different deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah but um, but but I, I think I think it was the the worst part about all that was the president of the university who now has resigned. Uh, refusing to say, oh, yeah, you know, I think those people in Gaza, those, you know, Hamas, I think, is kind of bad. She wouldn't even go that far. No, she would not. You'd say, well, you know, you have to you have to put it in context. No, you don't. Now, Mike, have you ever been asked, because they didn't fire her, she resigned. Right. Yeah, I assume she was under a hell of a lot of pressure. I would assume that's that's true, too. But have you ever been fired from a job where they give you another job or you're making just as much money as you did when you were heading the whole crew up? No, you have to be like a CEO to get that kind of perk. Well, she did. She's making as much money as she made when she was president of the university. Mm -hmm. Exact same amount of money. Yeah. What a bunch of frauds those people are. Well, over at Harvard, I mean, look, it's, it's like, you know, it's like asking Elon Musk if he can loan you a buck, you know. It's like, oh yeah, sure. Here, here's here's twenty million. Sure, go ahead. Fifty three billion in the bank. Fifty three billion dollars. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Don't well, you think? the good side is uh, we talked about this. Nobody has to pay tuition. The bad side no, is that you true. probably won't get in unless your father and his father and his father went to Harvard. I knew uh, so far. I think I've known three people who went to Harvard. Mm. I met somebody who went to Harvard who wasn't an asshole. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Probably not. Yes, I, when I when I worked at the in the newspaper business, they would always hire these uh, these uh, Ivy League guys for as summer interns. Right. And right. nobody wanted to be there less than the summer interns from Harvard. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to put this on my <laughs> I'm going to put this on my resume so that when I get a job, uh, when I apply for a job at a white shoes firm, a law firm. Uh, they'll uh, they'll maybe be a little more inclined to hire me. That's all it was. Yeah, it was just no, like uh, they were like stepping down to be summer interns. We have to take a break. Be right back. Michael Gelfand has joined us. We're about twenty minutes away from Kristen Burt. A lot of great stuff coming up in the next hour. We'll be right back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Is that text you're sending so important that you miss your turn? Is that text you're sending so important that you ran the red light? Is that text you're sending so important you didn't see the ball coming onto the road or the child that followed? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. When you take your eyes off the road for even four seconds, your vehicle travels 100 yards. That's the entire length of a football field. If you absolutely have to text, you need to pull off the road somewhere safe and do it from there. Texting and driving is against the law and can cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Going farther with Mike Bryant on your side. Seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. 
You know the song Kokomo? It's supposed to be off the Florida Keys, right? Hate to break your Beach Boys bubble, but that's a fictitious place they made up for the song. Fortunately for the rest of us, the Florida Keys island chain are as real as the taxes you have to pay in Minnesota if you're a resident. Now that's a reason to move south. In addition to Florida and all of Monroe County being beautiful, the Keys from Key Largo to Key West are even more beautiful. This is Tom Bernard, part-time Florida resident myself. And if you want a second house or a new retirement home or want to become a Floridian, may I suggest you contact Matt Carlson from One Key. Key West Realty. Matt grew up in Litchfield. He's a super real estate agent when it comes to finding your tropical island space in the Keys. He lives there and here, and Matt knows what's best in Key West to buy. For your second home in Florida, Matt teamed up with fellow Minnesotan from Sartell and Alexandria, Kristen Eklund, who's one of the top mortgage brokers in the country from Coast to Coast Mortgage. She'll get you the financing you need to buy a home in Florida or in Minnesota. Matt's part of the Lake Sotheby's International Realty Group here in Minnesota, and Kristen, his mortgage colleague, lives and works in the Keys, so they both know the Florida Keys' new and existing homes for sale and are Minnesotan through and through. Contact them by heading to onekeywest.com. That's onekeywest.com. Tom here, and I want to discuss a partnership that has been wonderful in my life, Zero Res Carpet Care. Very good friends of mine. Nothing is better to someone with a family than having a completely clean home. Your carpet is the biggest filter in your house. If you want to talk about pet dander or foot traffic, dirt from the outside, they all eventually reside in your carpet. So, Zero Res Carpet Care. Listen, around the holidays, you need to contact ZeroResMinnesota.com or call 952-ZERORES. That's 952-ZERORES. They clean your home with their electrolyzed pH elevated water that doesn't use chemicals chemicals or soaps that smell like a janitor's closet like other cleaning services. How about a Tom Bernard deal? Well, here it is. Get three rooms, zero resified, starting at $129, and don't forget your air ducts. Mention me, and they'll discount your air vents by $75, bucks too. This is for the entire month, so call them right now, 9520-RES, backward or forwarded, spells the same, or book online, zeroresminnesota.com. If it's available, ask for them to come to your place in the Tom Bernard named service truck. What an honor that was, by the way. Just mention me by name and get the special deal to get your home clean and your heart happy. Zero res carpet.